When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, in the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews. Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Our passage today is one of Jesus's resurrection appearances. He shows up to the disciples and he breathes on them. And breath is life. I mean, think about Genesis chapter 2 when God takes some dirt and forms this little earth creature. God then breathes life into Adam. Or think about this. You and I could probably go several weeks without food. We could go a couple of days without water. But we can only go a couple minutes without breath. And really, breath is such an amazing thing. It just shows how fearfully and wonderfully we are made. You know, we breathe in. Then the heart pumps this oxygenated blood through all of the cells of our body to energize them. See, I get a lot of energizing from my breath. And then we breathe back out that carbon dioxide. And the best part of it all is it does it all without us even thinking about it. Imagine if we had to go through each day remembering to breathe. Maybe when you're singing, but otherwise we'd never get anything done. And now that I have you all focused on your breathing, (laughs) breath is so much a part of life. And the resurrection of Jesus is about life. So when we begin to dig into this passage, we see a little bit more clearly the meaning of resurrected life. And the passage begins with the disciples locked up in the house. Now it says for fear of the Jews, and before we become anti-Semitic here, understand that the disciples were Jews. Jesus was a Jew. It's really saying they were afraid of the people who had put Jesus to death. They were afraid of the people in power who were threatened by the truth of Jesus. They were afraid of the people who had actually allied themselves with their enemies, the Romans, to put to death Jesus. They are afraid and they don't know what comes next and so 
Not only are they shut up in the house, but they lock the doors. Remember, in the ancient world, unlike today, you didn't go around locking your doors normally. So these, these disciples are really scared. And how many times do you and I end up locking the door, finding ourselves in closed-off places because of our own fear or anxieties, or, or worries, or uncertainties about what the future holds. We, just like the disciples, we close ourselves off, we lock ourselves away because we are afraid, we are worried, we are uncertain. We are no different from those disciples who are in a place where they feel they have no hope. But Jesus walks right through the closed doors. You see, Jesus is always going to walk right through our closed off places and stand right beside us. Jesus is always trying to show us that there is a way out of the place we are in, that God will always make a way out of no way. Jesus is always opening the doors of those closed places. You know, you have heard me before tell the story of the time I went with uh, three other people to Ivory Coast with the Church World Service, and we were going to visit refugee camps, and my first day there in Abidjan, I pass out, I end up in the hospital, unbeknownst at the time, allergic to the anti-malaria drug, but then the other three uh, of the team go ahead and they go off. They get in the car, they drive off to the refugee camps for four days and leave me alone in the city. And it had been suggested to me, maybe you better change your ticket and go home a little bit earlier. So I go to the front desk and I'm like, okay, where do I find the ticket office? And I follow the directions and off I go up the street and there I am at like Northwest Expressway and Council. It is like this busy zoom, zoom, zoom street, and I'm kind of spinning because I see nothing that looks like a ticket office. But there's a tall young man and an elderly woman standing over there, and I go over to them in my best French, which is, I go over to them and I say, Perdon, Sabina? And they both stare at me for a minute, and then the young man goes, Sabina, Sabina, and he just starts off with his long legs across this busy street waving for me to follow and I go jogging after this guy across the street and off we're going into deep into the heart of a city I don't know with a guy I don't know that speaks a language I don't know and suddenly I come to my senses and think what am I doing? Maybe I better get a taxi. Just then he turns to me and he says, you speak English, don't you? <laughs> well, come to find out, he's a seminary student studying for the priesthood, and he walks me to the ticket office, waits while I change the ticket, and then walks me all the way back to the hotel. Now, he didn't 
create the healing in my body that I needed, but he sure was uh, sent by God to help me find a way out of the place that I was in. You know, sometimes God will put a ram in the bush. Usually when God sends someone into the closed and difficult places we're in, it's another person who is there to help make the way so that we can find our way back to life. God is always trying to uh, find a way for us to live into that resurrected life. But then... And there's this next piece where Jesus, of course, uh, shows them his hands and the wounds in his hands and the wound in his side. And you and I think, well, Jesus is proving to the disciples who he is. And yes, I agree with that, but I think there is a much deeper meaning here. Jesus, in his wounds, have not somehow magically disappeared. Jesus' wounds have been transformed. The wounds that Jesus bears have been taken up into God and have been transformed in a way, but they have not been magically erased from the world. And I want to say, do we really know what resurrected life is if we don't have any wounds? I don't think God is creating the wounds. I think we do that to each other. But God is saying, I understand your wounds, and you do not have to be defined by the wounds and the suffering and the, and the hurts that you carry. They can be transformed in God. April 19th, 1995. If you're at least in your 30s, you remember that day. You remember where you were and how it felt and all those kinds of things when the heart of Oklahoma City was wounded, was pierced by a crazy man. But you know, in the midst of that woundedness in the heart of the city, the city leaders made the decision to reinvent the city. They looked around and said, the city's kind of gone downhill. And they began to plan to move forward to the kind of city we have today, a revitalized, a resurrected Oklahoma City. But you know what? The wounds are still there. But today, there are people out there running the marathon to remember what happened. The holes are still in the hands of Oklahoma City. And if you live here long enough, you're going to know someone who was there that day, someone who lost someone that day. The wounds don't go away, but they do not define Oklahoma City now. The city has found new life resurrected life. The wounds are part of who we are, but God can use them to transform the life we lead and bring us to a fuller life. You see, that's why Jesus twice in this very short little passage says, peace be with you. Peace. Now, he would have been speaking 
Hebrew or Aramaic, he would have said shalom be with you. And shalom doesn't mean peace in the sense of just the absence of conflict. Shalom means wholeness. Shalom means completeness. It means things as they are meant to be. It means all the pieces coming together. It means healing happening. Shalom means wholeness. So when he says, peace be with you, he's saying, yes, I know your fears. Yes, I know your wounds. But God can take those and overcome them and bring you to wholeness, to life in its fullest. That's why Jesus says, you know what? I'm going to send you out into the world. I'm going to send you out to show people your wounds and then tell them about resurrected life. You're not sent out to bring crucifixion to wound other people. You're not sent out to 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 judge and to harm and to do all the things that we see a lot of people in the world doing. You are supposed to go out and say, see the wounds in my hands. Oh, but God has brought me out, brought me out of my closed off places. Oh, but God has brought me out of my fears and anxieties. Oh, but God has opened a way where I thought there was no way. Oh, but God has transformed my wounds into a beautiful life. And the hurt and the suffering does not define me. You see, Jesus breathes on those disciples. He says, I, I give you life. The world will wound you. You will find yourself at times in closed off places. But I am walking through whatever you're going through, standing with you. And Jesus stands among us and says, breathe. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.